Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast was sponsored by Happy Mash. Happy Mash. Closing the orgasm gap one vibrator at a time. Hello everyone and welcome to the Nasty Woman Club, your weekly dose of news stories in the world of intersectional feminism. Those of you that are new to the show, I'm your host Demi Lynch and I am the founder of TNWC, the Nasty Woman Club. And before I kick off today's show, I think I need to do a little announcement. It's been a big week, especially for myself. (laughs) Um... I got engaged. (laughs) I feel very adult right now. I got engaged over the long weekend and I don't know what to do with myself because I still feel like a child that now all of a sudden has to host this big massive party that costs a lot of money and wear a pretty pretty dress and yeah and as well I did something really big that was for my mental health that you probably saw on my social media, which is I actually shaved my head. So the reason why I shaved my head is because my clinical depression is just, just it gone in the dumps this past couple of weeks. And because of that, I really struggle to keep up with my hygiene, with my daily routines of, you know, just brushing my hair, having a shower, washing my hair. Those of you that have depression, I'm sure you understand that, yeah, some routines that may be simple for others uh, can literally be a make or break for your day. I thought, you know what? Why not shave it? If that's going to help me in the end with my mental health, why not do it? (laughs) So during this podcast episode, you'll actually hear me talk about my issues with my hair because this podcast was recorded, um, I believe, two weeks ago. But it was anyway, it was recorded before I did the big shave. So yeah, you'll actually hear me get a bit emotional talking to this week's guest about my hair issue. So it'll be kind of interesting hearing me talk about that when I actually did end up shaving my hair because I want to get better. And if this is going to be even just a small stepping stone for me getting better, then totally, utterly worth it. Anyway, enough about that. Enough about me. I really need to talk about now my special guest for today's episode, Luna Matatas. Now, she is a pleasure coach and sex educator, and she uses her platform to educate people about sex, sexual confidence, everything from anal play to sitting on someone's face to everything in between. Essentially, the key reason why I'm talking to her today is because several weeks ago, you may remember a certain event called the Met Gala. Well, at the Met Gala, model-turned-entrepreneur Cara Delevingne wore an outfit that said Peg the Patriarchy on it. Now, 
I admittedly reposted the photo of Cara Delevingne wearing this outfit. I was so excited. I'm just like, yes, awesome. Pegging is mentioned at the Met Gala amongst all these rich people. Yes, awesome. This is feminism. Oh my God, this is awesome. Of course I had to get caught out for that, which I'm very glad that I did because that is how I found out that Luna Matata's she was the one that actually coined the phrase peg the patriarchy in fact she started the phrase six years ago but yet cara delavine wore this phrase on an outfit created by dior at the met gala which is seen by millions of people around the world yet there was no mention of luna no mention of her work there was no apology after the event saying like oh i'm so sorry that this was actually a phrase started by Luna, nothing was said by Cara, nothing was said by Dior that created the outfit, and also nothing was even said about Cara's sex toy brand that she co-owns. Nothing, no statement from them either. So I had to have Luna on the show to get her to share her story and just to talk about her incredible work and why it's so important for us to recognise the real creators behind works of art, behind phrases, and why Peg the Patriarchy is so important to her, and why what Cara Delevingne did was just so fucking bullshit. So fucking bullshit. So yes, we talk about that on today's episode. We also talk about several topics that Luna looks at during her sex confidence webinars, including how to sit on someone's face, and also normalizing anal play. Anyway, let's get on to the show. Let's get on to my fabulous guest. Let's get on to this, the Nasty Woman Club. Now on to today's guest, Luna Matatas. Luna, my dear, thank you so much for coming on to the Nasty Woman Club podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for reaching out and having me here. I am very, very keen to get on to today's topics, in particular, what's been happening since the Met Gala, which already just feels like ages ago because there's no such thing as time in a pandemic. But we're just going to go right into there about what's been happening with the Met Gala and with you ever since that particular outfit that Cara Delevingne decided to wear and not acknowledged you for because of a certain phrase that you actually came up with yourself. Yeah, so I, I was actually teaching a BDSM class online about cock and ball torture. And uh, then I, I whenever do. I teach it, you know, as I do on a Monday <laughs> night, and, you know, I, <laughs> I, I usually like to share my classes on Twitter afterwards, because I think sometimes people find things really intimidating. And I'm like, oh, we had so much fun, you know, that kind of energy on social media. And uh, when I opened up my Twitter, I was like, oh, my God, there's so many mentions. That's never a good thing. And <laughs> And then it all led back to that photo of Cara Delevingne wearing a vest with Peg the Patriarchy on it designed by Dior. And so I, at first I was like, whoa, I barely know what the Met Gala is, but I know it's big. And this is like weird to see my art outside of really niche spaces because it's actually really hard to do things like um, you know, carry messages that are social justice or, or especially sexualized kind of messages into kind of any mainstream platform. So I was like, wow, this is a, a really big, you know, kind of sphere that I'm not usually in. And then it sunk in for me that uh, I am nowhere attached to this and um, that really she sort of claimed the phrase as her own. 
and uh, also change the meaning of the phrase. So I immediately went to my Instagram and wanted to just tell my narrative. You know, this has been my baby brand for like six years and it's not, it's not easy to, to have a brand and to popularize it and, and to protect it. So um, it was very, it, it, all, it touched my business sense, but also my feels about like, this is, this is my art. This is what I created and, you know, someone, someone's stealing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do you mean by the sense that she changed the meaning behind the patriarchy compared to how you've been using it for all these years? Yeah, yeah. Um, the way I've been using it is that Peg the Patriarchy is about subversion. And so it's about subverting a system. And so patriarchy has no gender. And, you know, pegging isn't pegging if it's non-consensual. So, so we're not talking about an interpersonal relation of, of anal sex. We're talking about uh, subverting a system by acting in ways that go against what patriarchy expects of us. So heteronormativity, homophobia, gender binary. And I think the way that, that Kara referenced it um, was very much about girl power and like stick it to the man. And I mean, you know, there's, if we're all doing anti-patriarchy work, great. We're all on the same side. But when we, we make it something like the distortion of the message, especially with Kara's social location as being, you know, a very privileged in, in many ways, um, you know, a, a model, an actress, a, a white woman, you know, a cis person, like there, there's so many different um, ways that her own influence affects the the message that that she interpreted and put out there and whereas my experience is is very different lots of my work is about equity and sex very very different absolutely and something as well that you mentioned there is with peg the patriarchy with some of the comments that i saw with her photo like some people were saying like oh i'm sure this phrase has been around for a long time i'm sure she didn't steal it but there was something that you mentioned on your instagram about how the brand is the brand because she are is she like she partially owns a um a sex toy brand is it or i'm trying to think yeah yeah she's a co-owner of laura de carlo sex shop Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so what i found really interesting that actually shows proof that yes she did take peg the patriarchy from you is that this was the, the sex brand communicate to you or follow you i'm trying to remember what it was exactly yes yeah they follow me and um yeah they've reached out to me to to work with me in previous years and so while she may not be you know, kind of at the helm of their social media. I think that, um, you know, I own the domain. Like all you'd have to do is Google it. I'm sure somebody Googled it. <laughs> like it was such a missed opportunity to collaborate and be like, yeah, like let's link arms and, and peg the patriarchy. Like I don't have access to her world and it'd be really cool to have been, you know, her facilitate that access through her privilege. And it's just so disappointing because millions of people were watching it. I believe it was the first time this year that they actually had a live broadcast through the Vogue um, channel for Mm. Facebook and Twitter and that. And it just would have been just such a great opportunity for her to be like, oh yes, I've collaborated with this uh, amazing woman of color that has started this business that's all about sex positivity and encouraging people to just embrace their sexuality. It just would have been so such a great opportunity because she is someone that is well known for being sex positive. Like she has a big, massive vulva in her house. For out right. Loud. Right. Yeah. So just, yeah, I was very disappointed to see that it just, it is, it just could have been a simple DM honestly from her or from her representatives in the brand just to be like, Hey, love this phrase. Would love to incorporate this with Dior. What are your thoughts? Would you be keen on um, collaborating with us? Like, it would be that easy. yeah 
it would be super easy. And I mean, it's not the first time she's stolen from a BIPOC creator. So the future is female is also something she stole. And, and there's this, you know, this sort of pattern of, of performative white feminism that is a lot about virtue signaling and actually not doing the work in communities or behaving in ways that are anti-patriarchal. So, you know, kind of this, this behavior of, of appropriation, this behavior of competition, of power over, those are all patriarchal characteristics that um, are present when BIPOC creators get their art stolen. I would like to ask as well. So the, the way I found out about you was, I didn't even know about that peg, that peg the patriarchy was started by you. The only way I found out was because I had all these comments underneath the photo that I posted that I think went like semi-viral and all these people that were just saying like, oh, please acknowledge Lena, please acknowledge she's, she's the one that started this. What is what are your thoughts on all these people? Many of them you don't even know, and they were they were the ones that have made so many people realize that Cara Delevingne stole your work with Peg the Patriarchy. Oh my God, I'm I'm overwhelmed at like the community support that showed up, and really people I think number one really being tired of of this happening, really being tired of BIPOC creators losing their art, losing out on opportunities and money, and having especially white women lift them up in a way that is you know completely divorced from the creator. And so I think there's there's this you know very much accountability that that communities are seeking, and they they want to see this you know come not just sort of like oh we can do this and get away with it and everybody will be quiet after a few days. Um, so the community really created space for me to be able to tell my story, to to talk to media, to be able to have a narrative that that is rooted in in my in my art that that was appropriated without my permission. So uh, I'm I was just so touched. Honestly, I feel like it it's the thing that that just sort of cushioned me. I felt so not alone because this is such a David and Goliath situation, right? Like I don't have a legal team. <laughs> like I can't fight Dior. And so I feel I feel so, you know, loved up and and also really in solidarity that with with this community and and really happy to um know that that exists that that we're we're all watching and we're witnessing and and that's also how we're going to dismantle the patriarchy is to realize all of our our liberation is connected. We'll be back in just a moment, but first I want to talk to you all about today's sponsor, Happy Mash. As you all know, we at the Nasty Woman Club are huge advocates for closing the orgasm gap and normalising discussions about sex and masturbation. That is why, of course, I am partnered up with Happy Mash. Now, I need to talk about their latest sex toy, which I have been using for the past couple of weeks. Yes, it's been so much hard work having to trial out a new sex toy for work, you know. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. It's real, real, it's real tough out there. Yes, mm-hmm. But anyway, that's me being sarcastic. I'm just terrible at sarcasm over the, over the recorder. But anyway, this sex toy is called Escape. And how do I, how, do, how does one describe a sex toy without just literally making the orgasm sound? I have many, many, many sex toys in my drawer. This one is something different because the shaft of the sex toy, it heats up. So once you press the button for about 15 to 30 seconds, it takes, it then warms up. And then if you lose on your clitoris or for internal play, oh my God, it just feels like cuddling up to your blankets after they've just been out of the dryer. It's just, uh, it's just so good. It's nothing like I've ever seen before in the world of sex toys. It's amazing. Uh, 
incredible wand is just overwhelmed. So yes, please go on over to the Happy Mash website, check out their range of gorgeous toys, and please look at Escape. But anyway, I think it's time we go on to today's show. Less about me and my vibrator talk, and let's go on to today's fabulous guest. And as we talk about more sex talk. <laughs> So another topic that I definitely would love to go into. So as you said, you have numerous webinars and I had a look at the webinars and there was something that definitely caught my eye because I've never, never in my years of journalism, never in my years of, you know, reading Cosmo or reading magazines that, you know, give you sex tips and stuff like that. I've never seen anyone give tips about how to sit on someone's face. And as and as a big girl, as a big girl that with got thick thighs, it is something I've always been self-conscious of my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, like, am I too sweaty? Am I gonna squish this person? Can they breathe with between my cheeks? <laughs> yeah. Are they gonna die? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, my dear, this is this. I, I feel I feel like yes. This is what my years of journalism work has led to, and I'm very very happy All with this it. Point. Yes. All this point. <laughs> My dear, how do you sit on someone's face? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love that you wanted to talk about this because when I, I wanted to do the class, I thought, oh, can I talk about face eating for an hour and a half? And then I started pulling together the class and, and really listening to a lot of the feedback that I've gotten over the years from my other classes, like oral sex or sexual confidence or, you know, where face sitting might come up. And um, yeah, I could feel an hour and a half because we talk about things like positions and alternatives to positions and you know sexiness is is definitely more of a feeling than a look but a lot of times we're entering things like face sitting thinking that it has to like look a certain way and like you said like we have to be you know basically poreless and have no sweating happening and like (laughs) nothing jiggles and you know so I think like if I were to give you know three tips for for face sitting I think one is to figure out you know what it is that that you're super uncomfortable about so if you're uncomfortable and think that your partner's going to die because you're going to sit on their face or your thighs are going to suffocate them. You know, there, there might be some body shame in there that you carry in other spaces too, right? It's, and maybe it's not just limited to face sitting. And so kind of even telling your partner, hey, you know what? I really want to sit on your face, but I'm kind of afraid my thick thighs are going to like sandwich off your ears and cause you damage. And <laughs> your partner, that gives your partner an opportunity for empathy, right? Like they can get to hear you and witness you and you don't have to have that shame, you know, carry into your erotic space you can you can put that away temporarily you can pick it back up when you're done sitting on their face right and (laughs) I think another tip is really around positions like uh, you you're mostly hovering over someone's face um we're we're usually not putting our our whole weight on someone's face unless they ask for it and I give about I think I must give like 18 modifications for um, different positions that might suit your body. If you like, I have a big tummy. And so some positions, it just doesn't, I can't lean forward enough or lean backwards enough. Uh, if you have knee problems, hip problems, there's alternatives for having one leg up, one leg down. So you can hold on to the bed frame or a wall or something that can help you balance out your weight so you can feel comfortable. And then I think you got to bring your own sexiness. Every time you come into an activity and you're expecting someone else to validate your sexiness, it, it's just risky, 
And so I come into face sitting, also a plus size person. And, you know, I very well know that it's this person is desiring this activity. They are hungry for this thing. And so being able to trust your bottom and have good communication with them, they're going to tap out if they it's too much, you know, that builds your confidence. That allows you to just kind of focus on your sexiness. And you can also communicate. You can, you know, pop up and, and look down and check in and, and see if they're, they're still loving everything. I just love that there's an actual conversation being had because it is something that so many people do in sex but they just don't feel confident enough to do it because like for me personally I sometimes get self-conscious that like the the person I'm having sex with and sitting on their face I get self-conscious that they can see my belly at the most unflattering angle because it's literally the underneath the belly but do you do you find that when you do have these webinars with people they do have these concerns about like like say for example um you know, like, oh, I've, I've had conversations with a lot of women and they say they don't like to be on top because then their partner can see their, like, you know, underneath their chin, they can see their belly moving. Do you find that a lot of people have these thoughts, but really the partner during sex, they don't care about that. They're just like, oh, I have a naked person on top of me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. It's like, it's something everybody cares about uh i'd say like 99 percent of people care about sexual my sexual confidence webinar is my most popular webinar because everyone shares these um desire or these this this kind of collective shame around um you know our bodies not being good enough and and sexual appearances being the most important thing in sex and what we look like is supposed to be the most important thing so we're we kind of lose that focus and connection to what sex feels like and like when you fuck with like "Mm, like this is the intention this is you know the vibe i'm giving someone it's such a, a broader erotic experience and it's not people's fault it's not your fault it's not my fault that you know we feel that we have to look a certain way at a certain angle you know for for sex to to, for us to be considered attractive for us to feel sexy um because we're taught this we're we're taught that from a very very young age especially if you've been socialized uh female you've been taught that your appearance is the most important thing about you Mm -hmm. and it's hard to to kind of let go of that it's hard to navigate around that so it takes time and once you begin to take up more space and be like "Mm, no I belong you know me belly and chins and all we are here for the face sitting and if my partner you know doesn't like it or or something you know that's that's kind of a them problem and you get to decide you know what the boundaries are for how you get adored how you get worshipped how you you know feel in your sexual experiences And something else that I have also seen with your webinars that you focus on a lot, which again is not spoken about enough, is anal play. Like like eating eating ass and pegging and just not and the thing is as well, like and a lot of um like say heterosexual couples, like people just assume like, oh no, like oh ass play is just for say um people that identify as gay or but but no, men like to be pegged that's okay and some women love pegging and like you know I just love how you're normalizing these positions and these acts during sex that it's for any gender any type of couple any sexuality like it's not just like oh all straight people have sex this way or queer people have sex this way I just love that you do that oh thank you yeah I I love taking you know kind of the 
the the implications of if you do this sexuality or this sex thing it says this about your sexuality or like who you are or what you're into and really any sexual activity is just going to be a vessel for whatever erotic energy you want to bring into it and so anal sex for some people can be sensual anal sex for other people can be about power exchange or it could be about role play or it could be about just someone giving and receiving and and so butt stuff is is such a good conversation because everybody has a butthole and, and <laughs> I, I never thought about right? that <laughs> it's something that anyone can like eroticize yeah I know when you frame it that way it's like yeah like this is just another part of our erotic anatomy and it might do it for you and it might not you know everyone has nipples but not everyone likes nipple play so um I'm so lucky I get to host B vibes um podcast called the plug and I get all these like incredible questions from beginners to advanced anal and and I love it because a lot of times we're we're looking at porn and we're instead of using it as a muse we're using it as instruction and you know mm. we of course none of us get like anal sex information in high school we don't learn any really anything other than like reproductive sex ed um and so to, to have conversations and spaces where we can talk about, you know, poop and pain, we can talk about, um, you know, like you said, some couples are assuming it, it might be just something that like gay men do or, but, you know, it has to hurt or um, there has to be poo or what do you do if there's poo? Like all these questions are, are it's important for us to have like really good answers to them so that people can actually sink into the sensations and pleasure of anal stuff. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just still like, you like literally like you know you have those light bulb moments where you're just like oh my god I never thought of that I'm just literally realizing right now I'm just like yes we all have buttholes why why don't we all why is that not yeah. like you know just like the first point of conversation about sex being like oh we all, all, all have assholes you know so you know let's let's familiarize ourselves with that I never thought about that wow yeah yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's just interesting yeah I just yeah mind blown I never, I never thought I'd be mind blown realizing that everyone has assholes. Mm. I love that. I love that. I'm so glad to be a part of this. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what made you so interested in having been and having like a webinars like this that are just so inclusive though? Like they aren't just, you know, like, oh, this, as you said, they're not just for like, you know, certain couples or genders or sexualities. Like it's what made you decide to have this so inclusive? Because as I was saying before, like, like, you know, I used to read like, you know, Cosmo magazines and they'd have, you know, sex tips, but it was just always for heterosexual man, woman, sex, and like just different positions and stuff like that. It was, it wasn't like everyone could do this. So like, it was just very straight to the line, to the point, like what, what's, what's made you so interested in just making this be an inclusive space for pe for everyone wanting to have sex? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. I, I know exactly what you're talking about and kind of reading like Cosmo or Glamour or whatever. And mm. um, it's one form of, of sex education for sure, but it does tend to be technique focused and, and you're right. And yeah. also very heterosexual, right? Uh -huh. Like how to do the blow job and how to do the, mm -hmm. and very little about, you know, like how to get your partner to give you cunnilingus, like why cunnilingus is important. And we're seeing a, a change in that, I think in popular media, like we're, we're start, starting to realize the orgasm gap and things like that. But um, I wanted to do it because I had been teaching, I've been working in sexual health for many years, but it was from a, a health promotion perspective and like disease management and prevention. So I talked a lot about condoms. And um, I've, I've taught in Eastern and Southern Africa and Canada and the US and everywhere I go, I mean, people have questions about pleasure 
because that's not we don't get instruction on like how to do the sex right <laughs> like it's just kind of like we're just hurled into it awkwardly and trying to compare ourselves to porn so i i really think pleasure is is key to um or it, it, like having conversations like this about pleasure that are, are open and imaginative and creative and inclusive you know it's really key for things like consent if we don't care about and know how to talk about um how to meet our partner's desires it's really hard to understand negotiate and practice consent and our erotic selves are not separate from our, our other selves. And so I think this is also a bigger part of our, our wellness. And so I wanted to cover a wide range of topics. I also don't cover anything that I don't do. So, I mean, it's reflective in my own um, experiences as well. And I bring that to the table to offer people uh, you know, kind of, I, I share the shame, you know, I'm also worried about like shit stains. I'm also worried about, you know, what if my partner doesn't think that I'm a good role player or I don't know how to dirty talk or, you know, we all have these things and it, it's not about being perfect, but it's kind of about letting ourselves be more playful in the bedroom. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So to finish up this, to finish off this episode, I really want to talk about our highlights and lowlights of the week. This is something I do every single week on the podcast, just so we can talk about what we're struggling through the week because everyone's going through struggles right now, but also what's really helping us get through the week. So to start off with you, my dear, what has been a lowlight for you this past week? Um, <laughs> a lowlight. Oh my gosh. Um, I think a, a low light was uh, reading the comments on certain things. <laughs> oh my I, God, the trolls are just horrible sometimes, <laughs> honestly. I know, and I, I welcome debate, I welcome critique and accountability, but I think there were a lot of things that I read and had to stop reading about like my body, like a lot of fat phobia, a lot of racism, oh. a lot of sexism um, in, in talking about Peg the Patriarchy. So that was a low light. Um, I think we can do better. Um, <laughs> and what was, oh, wait, do you, do you want to do your low light? Or just, oh, yeah. Can I hear uh, yours? Yeah. Yes. So my low light, Ooh, it's something, it's, it's something that I get really embarrassed about a lot. And it's just really affecting me a lot this week, just because I'm really suffering through depression and just self-confidence in myself. And something that is just, it always just makes me feel yuck. I get really bad. <laughs> It's not so I have this hair problem where I don't know if it's dandruff, but it's like as if I get like these really thick, massive, like um dry skin on my scalp. And it just honestly, I get so self-conscious about it. And because with my because with my depression, I struggle to shower every single day. Like that's just like mm. Like, you know how there's like certain tasks when you're going through yes. depression, anxiety, like it's just gonna be the most minuscule tasks that we do on an everyday basis, but there's just certain tasks that are just so, so hard. And for me personally, just showering every day, that's like a big struggle yes. for me. And in particular, washing my hair and I have really, really thick hair. So mm. 
something that's been really putting me down a lot is that, yeah, I've just been getting these big, massive clumps of dry skin um, dandruff on my scalp, and I just get really self-conscious whenever I have to leave the house. Like, uh, I look down at my dress or my shirt, and there's always white just covered all over mm. it. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just not nice when you're, like, trying to – because I'm trying to, like – cope with my depression and anxiety I've booked in a I've called my therapist I've called my mom new therapist I'm trying to book a new appointment with her but yeah it's just it's just not nice it's not nice nice feeling when your self-confidence is already deteriorating already because I don't know because then it just makes me worried that people will think like oh she's dirty that's just that's just mm-hmm. my instant thought like oh people are gonna think I'm dirty because I got all this stuff in my hair so yeah, I think that's probably been a low light for me. So yeah, I've I've honestly I'm honestly got to the point I'm just like, I really just want to shave my hair off. It's something I've always mm-hmm. debated about doing. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, I'm just like, oh no, you know, there's that whole it's definitely part of the whole um patriarchy misogyny thing. It's just like, no, long hair, long hair is the best. Yes. Way, you know, to be feminine, you have to have long hair. But, yes. Which is just bullshit. But yeah, it just, it really affects me, which is really, I, I just, I know it's small, but it just, yeah, it really affects me whenever I have to leave the house or my partner gets embarrassed by it at all or, yeah. So I think that's my yeah. life for the week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's small at all. I think that's, that's a, that's a really, it's a big thing. It's, it's hard to do with our appearance and, you know, and, and the, it, like the, the concern for people's perception of us and mm-hmm. those are, yeah, I think those are big things. I have psoriasis and so I also um have had you know those flaky kind of experiences and like that you have to do all this body checking all the time like it's it's like you're constantly reminded that you know you you don't look clean or that you don't look you know smooth or taken care of and really that's not that's not accurate I'm not even going to ask you what is one highlight for you because I think there's been many 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 (laughs) there has been you have just had an amazing week what tell the audience what has been some amazing things happening for you this week you know, I feel like the my favorite part of this week has been people sending me order notes with their their orders, you know, they're they're buying a sticker and they're just sending their love or solidarity or empathy or happy to be here. Like meeting all these new people, it it, it just makes me feel so connected, you know, and I think that's what what we all want to feel. We want to feel like we're in community and that we're we're like-minded and I want to be in the light. You know, I want to I want to stand amongst other light and um that feels really great. And then an unrelated to like <laughs> business thing, um I got a new cat cave for my kitten and it's shaped like a rainbow butthole. So I'm pretty happy about that. It just arrived today. <laughs> I am going to need a photo of this rainbow. I will butthole. send you one. Yes. yes. Where, where does one get a rainbow butthole? Oh okay. God. One has to get stoned and then go on Etsy and then <laughs> <laughs> order something from Nepal. Yeah. So that's what happens. Oh my <laughs> and God. It worked out. Girl feels if I'm drunk or if I'm high, the internet is the most dangerous place for me in the entire world. I know. Me oh too. I have a Kiara I bought. I don't know. What, yes. like... <laughs> okay. 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 Then what's the weirdest thing you've ever bought online when you've been high? Oh my God. I bought an inflatable doll for my friend and um, cause he has a crush on Zac Efron. And so then I cut out a face, like a printout of Zac Efron and put it on this inflatable doll <laughs> for him for no purpose. That was like $50 for like no reason. <laughs> That's cheap. That's cheap for an inflatable. 
inflatable doll. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. I think my, actually, it sounds bad when I'm just drunk or high. I just order every single food there is on the planet. Like I just get on my Uber Eats app. That's and amazing. I just, I just get all the foods. Like I think I think once I order from three places at the same time. So then you have this awkward moment where all the delivery people <laughs> arrive to your house at the same time. You're just same like, time. Mm, don't judge me. Don't judge me. You like start yelling like, yeah, John, the food's here. <laughs> I have done that before. Yes. Whatever. I'm like, judge me. I don't care. My night is delicious. What's yours yeah. <laughs> yes 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 I love I, that yeah I think for me my highlight of the week actually it was kind of I had like a very okay I get very very invested into my tv shows like I get emotionally attached to my tv shows and last night my partner and I we finished a tv series that we've been watching for seven years and that is Brooklyn Nine-Nine are you a Nine-Nine oh. fan no, like, well, I, and for no reason, like, no good reason. It's on my watch list, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, yeah tell me, tell me. Oh, uh, I have been obsessed with the series for so, so long. Like, they, they've just, it's just such a great series. Like, yes, it's about police, but um, like, the greatest thing, like, with the latest series, they actually looked at the Black Lives Matter movement and they looked at how they they are they themselves are police and they are themselves problematic and it was just so great how they did that like and they just they're just so diverse and inclusive with what the conversations they have whether it be about sexism racism and it's just i just love it so much and it ended and i was mm. you know how with most tv series when they end like it's just a bit meh it's a bit of a flop you're just like oh i wish they did this i wish they did that but they're ending on the final episode. I won't give any spoilers, but the ending for the final episode, it just felt like the whole episode, actually the whole season was just like a big farewell, a big hug to their fans, just giving everything that the fans would love and know that they've just enjoyed over the years. So, oh, uh, I was a wreck. Like I get very emotionally attached to characters on TV shows and in books and movies. <laughs> so that was, I think that was a highlight for me because I had like a big, massive, happy cry and just, yeah, just be nice. Like, yeah, like my poor neighbors, they just hear my partner and I just going like, they're going to be so happy with their new job. Oh, my God, that dog is even there. Oh, my God. It's just, yeah, <laughs> it was it was a, it was a good night. It was a good night. We had some pizza like that. That's how you do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you have any TV series that you get emotionally attached to? I'm one of those people that like watches the same series over and over and over again. Uh -huh. And, but I, I was really, I'm, I am really attached to this is us and, but I only have Netflix. And so like, yeah, yeah. That's my show for when I want to cry. That's my cry show. <laughs> that show has cost me so much money in tissues. I swear <laughs> to God, like, I know. I know. oh my God, that show just, oh, I need to, I think I've only watched the first two seasons, but it's just so beautiful and I've just never. Oh my God, it gets better. You're going to cry more. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's just, that, 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 that's, that show will just make you cry literally in the first episode. Literally, even when you just meet the characters for the first time, you're already crying, you're bawling and it's, yeah, it's, it's intense. It's an intense show. That's for sure. That is it, though, for today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'm just so grateful, Luna, for you coming on to today's show, talking with me from 
bloody this is us to how to sit on someone's face to pay the <laughs> patriarchy i am so so grateful that you came on and just yeah had time in your busy busy week to just even let me chat to you i'm just so so grateful oh thank you so much for having me this was a really fun conversation and thanks for doing the work that you're doing too Thank you everyone so, so much for listening to today's episode. I had so much fun. I am just, uh, I'm just so in awe of Luna. She is just such an incredible person and I just love everything that she's doing. And I'm so, so glad that I've been able to discover her this year. So if you did enjoy today's episode, if you do want to know more about Luna, highly recommend going to her Instagram page, Luna Matatas, that is L-U-N-A. M-A-T-A-T-A-S the link will be in today's show notes and also she is the host of a podcast as well called The Plug. If you are very keen on learning more about anal play, about anal sex, highly recommend checking out this podcast because basically every fortnight Luna answers some questions from the audience about anal play because like she said in the show everyone has a butthole so why not normalise anal play? (laughs) Anyway, that is it for today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'll be back in your ears again next week for another episode where we bring on another guest and talk about the latest news stories in the world of intersectional feminism. I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone. This podcast was sponsored by Happy Mash. Happy Mash. Closing the orgasm gap one vibrator at a time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.